you know what? I'd have to say, if this week uh, was a fairground ride, yep. I'd say it's a roller coaster. Not as in that it's got ups and downs, that it's been bad, they're good, they're bad, then good. But more as in... Do we get in... stuck at the top of it and get on local news <laughs> no, for a bit? I, I don't think it's that either. I'm using the roller coaster analogy because I don't feel like... I, I feel like I'm hanging on. Just about hanging on. And it's just sort there. of like, wow, where's this going? It's so quick. I've certainly been drinking more coffee than I've ever done in my entire life, to the yeah. point where I, I think if I have one more coffee, I'll be able to predict this weekend's Premier League scores. Do you know what? I, I really do understand and I feel like I need to issue uh, a historic apology to my dad. I understand now when he used to get in, get home, and us boys would just go up and be like, dad, dad, dad. And he used to utter the phrase, can you just let me get in? Yeah, let me Can get you through just the door. Let me get through the door. And I understand that now. And I want to apologise to my dad. Okay, well, I feel that you've corrected a family issue that may have perturbed you for a long period of time, though, <laughs> yeah. Richard. Do you know what? The beginning of today's podcast has actually turned out to be a historical counselling session for me. Can I thank you very much for entertaining it? A cathartic start to the podcast. Here's the show. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. Killers and Human on Hometime, Bush and Ritchie, Absolute Radio, Wednesday evening. I feel strange for saying this in February, but if you're considering having a barbecue in this fantastic weather, tonight's the night. Do it. It's all changed tomorrow. Oh, what? All falls apart again. Oh, man, I thought this was like the start of something beautiful. Don't want to be the naysayer, but I'm just I'm just giving you the flags. No, no, I think stick with this, right? Push on through. If you've gone to shorts today, you <laughs> stick with flipping shorts. Now, I've got to tell you about this. Uh, I need advice on this. Uh, a tourist bloke with a ponytail went past me on the escalator earlier on today when I was coming into Piccadilly Circus. That's bold. As you know what, it was a beautiful thing. It was His ponytail was nestled like a little f- ferret round this denim jacket he was wearing, just like a rest in there. And I thought to myself, as I went past him, Got copped a proper good look at it because you don't see them that often these days, bloke ponytails. I thought, where do we stand on ponytails for men in 2019? Do you remember? Because they were all the rage at one point in the, the mid, early mid 90s with David Seaman. David Seaman's kind of the one that came straight to mind for me. Yeah. Very popular with football players. Uh, and then they went out of fashion big style. The whole. Um, ponytail stock market crash <laughs> overnight. A lot of people left destitute. Do you think that's when David Seaman retired from football? It, in many ways, it pushed him over the edge, apparently. <laughs> he lost, lost a lot on the whole ponytail stock market. So then they were out for a bit. And then, I don't know, are they are they back in? Where do we start? I've not really ever thought about it since. I find this whole thing uh, tricky to talk about, actually, because another style of yesteryear, I'm actually quite uh, encouraging right now on uh, on my youngest, Rocco, who's one tomorrow, yes. but at the moment is fashioning quite a good little baby mullet. Do you know you're absolutely right, because we all went out for lunch yesterday. You spotted it? I said, um, oh, Rocco's hair's gone quite long, isn't it? <laughs> It's very polite of you. In brackets, his his hair was nestling over the back of his little collar. Yeah. That's so a mullet. It, it, it's growing quite nicely at the bottom of the back and you've got a baby mullet coming on, but the top isn't quite catching up. <laughs> it's a great look, but once again, is the mullet acceptable in 2019? Well, this is the point. I mean, I've never thought about it since. Do you remember back in the day, every respect, self-respecting barbershop or hairdressers would have a slightly faded book 
Vidal Sassoon <laughs> style book in the window full of different Morton Harkett from yeah. Aha style haircuts. And you could go in and go, I'll have that one, please. Yeah. Keyboard player from Aha, please. <laughs> and you'd go and ruin your hair with it or whatever. Maybe we need to have like a kind of audit of hairstyles that go into this book. Like what goes in, what, what's welcomed back in from the fold, mm-hmm. you know, into the fold that has maybe been pushed out for a while, like your, your ponytails and your mullets. And what haircuts, uh, haircuts or stars have we got at the moment that have probably seen their time and need to go? I'm saying man bun. Man, yeah, time for the man bun to go. So we're going to build this book right now on the show, 8.12.15, and you can tweet at Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. So having seen a tourist guy with a ponytail earlier on today on the tube, it's got Richie and I ruminating about where we stand with hairstyles in 2019. We're doing a hairstyle audit. So what hairstyles do you think should be welcomed back in from the cold? And what hairstyles should be out? We haven't really thought about this properly as we head into Brexit. 8.12.15 to text us. Mark in Preston gets in touch. She says, I had blonde streaks Ooh. in 1986. Little flex. I remember my mum had a rubber hat that you could pull the little flex through with a hook. Yes. You dye them. Hey, presto, Barry Venison. It's the Barry Venison style. Yeah. Uh, says, yeah, blonde streaks in 1986. I'm 46 now. Do you think I'd carry it off? I I'd have to say to you, Mark, go for it. Do it. There are there. I, I've seen I've seen purple hair today. All sorts. I've seen blue hair today. Yeah. So why can Mark and Preston not carry off blonde streaks on maybe some kind of brown hair that you've got already? I don't know. So I'd go for it, Mark. Well, and also as well, there was that big thing in the early nineties for shaving your head quite short and doing the blonde highlights like Gaza hat. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring it back, man. Uh, Bush, I've got a ponytail. Started life as being combed back and full blown tail. Uh, now with one all the way around. Never in a million years did I think it would happen. Check the Exeter Chiefs rugby team for the best mullets around. Oh wow! So this fella's also got a hairstyle that's making a bit of a comeback. So we are trying to build this book. You remember those books from the the front window of a barber shop with all the official hairstyles that you can have <laughs> under the sun. What what hairstyle should be in and what's out? Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. The Hometime Show with Bush and Richie. the closing credits of the working day. It's a Wednesday, 4.26, and we are doing a hairstyle audit, the first one of 2019, kind of a comprehensive root and branch overhaul of what hair is in, in terms of style, and what is out. We need your suggestions on this. A 12.15, Jack Reader in Greys uh, says, Top Knots definitely removed. Yes. Uh, they're, they're not proving popular. They were in, frank. weren't they? They were in for quite a bit, and yeah. then they started being ridiculed as, the phrase I've heard is, a Shoreditch samurai. Yeah. It's time to get this hipster stuff, isn't it? It does appear to be the first definitely to go, but there is a lot of love for the mullets coming back, uh, which I'm chuffed about. Mark and Matt, both the Milton Keynes, uh, business at the front, party at the back, it's got to come. They were the, the mullet was great, wasn't it? When mm. I was a kid, I used to have the same hairstyle as, remember the actor Judge Reinhold? Yes! He was in... Uh, yes. Was he in... Um, uh, if it's the Beverly one I'm Hills thinking, Cop. Beverly Hills Cop, yeah. And he had, like, a, a heavily blow-dried front of hair, yeah. a bit like Scott uh, back in the day, first bit of Neighbours. Yeah. And then this... There was something very comforting about having the hair nestled just over the back of your... Protecting the back of your neck, kept it warm, didn't comforting it? Comforting in what way? What, just the, the warmth it's providing, or you can play with it? Well, the, the fact that I, for me, a mullet is like having a friend put his arm around his shoulder. Yeah. Because it just keeps you warm there, do you know what I mean? So, Must be pictures around of that, eh? Oh, there's some terrible, terrible photos of me back in the day. Massive glasses, that. to the point where my friend Neil always used to ask me if I could get Sky Sports on them. <laughs> it's quite a combination, it really was. 
Uh, here's one I love. Bush and Ritchie, we need to revise the PJ and Duncan look from Biker Grove, a.k.a. the curtains. That's from Emma and James in Sheffield. Curtains were great. I never had the patience to get to proper curtain I length. couldn't do proper curtains. No. But they were. it was an amazing hairstyle, very specifically. Definitely. The 90s. They make a good point. Maybe you can make a comeback. Uh, here's one to add into the list or maybe chuck out of the list. My girlfriend's sister, Hannah, her boyfriend, Andy, is a burly welder from Newcastle. Last time we were up there, I thought to myself, Andy's hair's grown quite long. It's quite curly. And I, I mentioned this to Katie on the way back on the train. She said, oh, no, no, he went and got a perm the other day. <laughs> he got a perm? Wow. I didn't even think people got perm. I remember my dad accidentally getting a perm from the local hairdressers, and he went crazy because he, yeah. he looked like one of the scousers from the <laughs> Harry Enfield show. <laughs> uh, and it was just, I didn't think people did that. He now has the hairstyle that I think is called Meet, you, meet Me at McDonald's. Yeah. So I, I wonder whether... Is it too soon to be allowing perms back into this? I don't know. I think perms can come back. One more reference uh, to uh, television or film. Harry suggesting Top Gun, Ice, the flat top. Yes. Do you remember that there's actually still an implement that they have in some barbershops specifically for this? It's like a, a flat comb with a spirit level on the top. <laughs> they shave it across the top of it. I love it. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. My youngest son is rocking what is in effect a one-year-old's mullet. Little mullet. Uh, Bush has seen a, a man's ponytail on the tube just today. I was just asking myself, where do we stand? I mean, all of us now, where do we stand on ponytails on men in 2019? We need a haircut audit, and that's exactly what we're trying to put together on the show right now tonight. Chris in Crowborough says, guys, can I politely ask for a return of the Morrissey-esque quiff circa 1984? Yeah, That was a hell of a thing. A lot of hairspray went into that to construct it. Uh, JL says, what about the Gallagher haircut. Only the Gallagher brothers can pull that off. That's kind of the same, that kind of hairstyle. You see him quite a bit in uh, around Carnaby Street here. I would describe it as the well-end. I always yes. call them as well-ends. Basically, people who try and have exactly the same hair as Paul Weller, but don't, they don't quite pull it off. <laughs> well, it's a well-end. Uh, Billy is hanging on to talk to us about uh, dreadlocks, and it says he has an issue. So, Billy, how, lo- how long are these dreads, Billy? Uh, they are just past my, uh, just past my bottom. You're, wow! So wow. You, you've got dreads right now that go past your bottom? Yes, I've been growing them since uh, 2001. Wow, that's a lot of growing. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so Billy, the problem for you then is the dreads past the bottom, but you're being told that they are stopping you from being management material. Yeah, well, a little bit... Well, I'm already management material, so I, I, I work um, at the place that I work at since 2004. I started off at the bottom, worked my way up, a little bit like your dreads. And, uh, yeah, yeah, very similar to my dreads. Yeah, very similar. Uh, and now um, I'm, I'm wanting to progress further. And certain individuals, uh, uh, when I'm speaking to them, are saying, "Well, you're going to have to speak to very high clientele, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, and we don't think that the dreads fit. Oh, that's uh, how, how do you grow dreadlocks? What what is the actual process of growing them? If Richie and I wanted to try and get some dreadlocks going, what, what's the first port of call? Uh, well, uh, the first part of call is to grow your hair. So I grew my hair, grew my hair to shoulder length, and then the process then was uh, I went to a hairdresser in Belgium uh, at the time while I was growing. Wow, wow! And uh, you know how to plait hair, I figure. Yes, mm-hmm. both got daughters. Yeah, so, well, there you go. So similar way to plaiting hair, but instead of plaiting it, what you do is you kind of wrap the hair around and then you knot it instead. Knot it? Then, What's uh, that mean? Yeah, you knot it. So you can kind of rip it. So you get your three strands to plait. Put yep. them over, and then you kind of, uh, yeah, you kind of 
just you rip it and then split it into three, rip it again, split it into three, and that's that's how it's done. Billy, <laughs> look, here's here's the facts, right? Eighteen years of growing it. You go to Belgium for for like finessing it. You cannot cut those dreads. You nope, cut those dreads. <laughs> you become not Billy. Exactly, exactly. So that's uh, but that's just my dilemma I've got at the moment because I wanted to progress uh, and, uh, and and go into a particular role. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's stopping me at the moment. Well, you stay true to your beliefs and let's now you get on. All right. I will do. It's obviously not the right job for me, then, is it? Exactly. <laughs> man, totally. Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. You may remember we were inviting you to take part in a very special uh, Family Guy quiz night. Well, it took place last night and it was great fun. Thank you very much uh, to everyone who came down to it. Uh, as ever, with you guys, mm-hmm. there's always an element where you let us down. If we give any, even just an inch of leeway for you to get up to mischief, you always go for it. Never, uh, ever, any other way. Look, there's, there's always a chance with a pub quiz that with, the, uh, with pub quiz team names, you get a few iffy ones. Yes. Okay? We expect that. But there was one name last night out of these pub quiz teams, I'm not going to say it, okay, uh, that when it was announced to the room, there was a sharp intake of breath. Bearing in mind as well, we won't say where they work. They work at a very reputable, reputable company. Yeah. Uh, like a pillar of the community came in many ways. Came out of nowhere. It really did come out of nowhere. And do you know what? They ended up winning the damn thing. <laughs> so all, all the pictures that we put online or whatever of saying congratulations to them, There's, they've had this email go out saying, whatever you do, do not say out loud the name of the pub quiz team. And do you know what? Normally, if there's something a little bit juicy, we'll say, have a listen to the podcast extra. This one is so bad, it yep. won't even be appearing on the podcast. You've only got yourselves to blame. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. We're never far away from food on this show. Obviously, details after six on our chip shop tour of 2019, yeah. thanks to Malden Salts. But is there is it is there anything that you do to a food that is unconventional, but you have to do it because it makes it just how you like it? Let me explain. Uh huh. I made sandwiches at lunchtime today. One specifically for my one-year-old son Rocco: white bread, margarine, Dairy Lee triangle. Oh, right? sounds right. Simple as. And then once I put it together, I pounded the life out of it to flatten it, to make it as edible as possible yeah. for a toddler. He's only got six teeth. So he quite likes little flat sandwiches. It's the only way he'll eat them, because otherwise he'll just pull it apart and it's suddenly a toy, it's not food. He doesn't want a ploughman's, he doesn't want a bloomer. <laughs> no, he doesn't, He know. wants it flattened out by his dad. But what does it look like after you've hit this sandwich with a fist for about 30 seconds. I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like a sandwich that you get out of your work bag at lunchtime that was a perfectly plumped sandwich when you made it in the morning. Yes. And it's actually very edible. Do you know what I love? There's something about uh, being in your bag, 
made by maybe someone else, particularly someone else, packed lunch sandwiches yeah. that are flattened in a bit of cling film that just take you back to school trips. For me, the ideal one would be, say, I don't know, cheese and onion on white bread, yeah. flattened and slightly curved. It's been in your bag for it. Maybe wrap around a can of Coke. Yeah, I'd say... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Something great about it. It was less than a centimetre wide. It was so flat. Yeah. Made me wonder why shops don't sell them like that. I'm sure it'd be cheaper. Save on packaging. Another one that really works as a flattened sandwich is a crisp sandwich. Yes. Get crisps. Put them in a bit. Again, white bread. We can't have brown bread with these. Bit of butter on there. Absolutely hammer the life out of it. Maybe get that thing. What's the thing called that you hammer a steak with? Uh, Little mini hammer. Yeah. In a kitchen. A steak hammer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little mini steak hammer, that's the technical phrase for it. So Give here's it a little wank, flatten it out. Here's the thing, I, I wanted it for myself. So is there is there anything that you do to a food? It's unconventional, you know. <laughs> punching the life out of a sandwich, it's odd. All right? yeah. But I do that to actually have it myself. It, it could be a business proposition, though. I mean, I, I would happily... You know, you get different... You get sandwiches now where you have half the sandwich. Yes. If you want to watch your weight or whatever, you're on a diet, you can have half a sandwich yeah. and the other half goes to someone else. Why don't they have them in, in various shops, these distressed, slightly flattened <laughs> little signies that you can buy wrapped in cling film, just like the old days? Yeah. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear if there's something that you do to a food that is unconventional. Like there are those people that uh, that eat the uh, the corner of a penguin chocolate bar yes. and then they suck their tea through the penguin. Yeah. Have you seen that done? That's a thing. Bit of a thing to spice things up, or people who are a bit weird and uh, just if they have a nut-based chocolate in a box of chocolates, they suck the chocolate off the nut. Yeah. And then just leave the nut there, which is a bit weird in itself. Yes. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Absolute radio. It appears I'm not the only person who enjoys a flattened sandwich. Made one at lunchtime today. It yeah. was actually for my youngest son uh, so that he can eat it. He's only got six teeth. Uh, so you make the sandwich, then uh, punch the life out of it, and then he'll eat it. He'll eat it fine. Uh, I'm getting tweets here at school. I used to purposefully sit on my sandwiches to squash them. Do you know what? I started flattening them for our nine-year-olds and my other half, Katie, is like, what the hell are you doing? I just think kids prefer them when they're flattened. Thanks for the fellow who's got in touch saying it's a tenderizer, not the little mini steak hammer that we were oh, talking so about. Oh, it's not a steak hammer. Flattening right, it with okay. as well. So, and we were, we were punning this out as a bit of a business opportunity. Why is no one making pre-flattened sandwiches? Uh, and someone says, have you not heard of King's Mill Thins? It's not, it's not the same as that. That's not the same. That's, not the same. That's, that's like how you would do your loaf. Yeah. We're talking here is this business proposition actually starting up a business that sells flattened sandwiches. It would be cheaper. You'd save on the packaging. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you, you choose them off the shelf rather than your plumper sandwich. Is it, is it the only IKEA uh, in Bristol or they do it everywhere where they have a demonstration of a robot pressing down on one of the seats so you can see how springy it is? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. One in yeah. Bristol, right? Yeah. That is exactly how you pre-press sandwiches. That That's would work. The machine, the technology is already there. But we're also asking for any weird stuff that you do in, with food. So you know, maybe you like it a certain way. Rachel's saying here, and I find this so strange: get a tin of tin tomatoes and empty it. Okay. Then in the tin, put a tea bag and a bit of water. Then add back in the tomatoes and season. It tastes epic. That is actually disgusting. <laughs> Oh, I'd agree dirty. with you. I'd agree with What's you. What's her name? Rachel. Blacklister. <laughs> Steph says, Ben and Richie, thanks for listening to the show, Steph. Uh, it says, I put Tabasco sauce and lots of it on my scrambled eggs. Oh, it's a bit of a strange condiment one, that one. Yeah. Uh, this one is a different level in terms of people doing weird stuff to food. Nick in Peterborough says, guys, uh, he's done it in the style of a little recipe. Get a scotch egg, yep. cut it in half, yep. remove each half of the egg, right. fill the space with salad cream, replace the egg, eat 
divine. Well, it sounds messy. Hasn't salad cream got, like, egg in it as well? Yes. Too many eggs. <laughs> Too many eggs. Eh? 12, 15, let us know. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Uh, I I made sandwiches today. I punched the life out of them because flattened sandwiches are a thing. What unconventional thing do you do to a traditional food to make it the way that you like it? Tell us. 8, 12, 15. This is incredible for cereal. Leave cereal to sog up for most of the day. Cornflakes or Rice Krispies work the best. I then get back home at 5 o'clock and eat it as a pre-dinner snack. Do they leave their name, those people? (laughs) No, this person hasn't. I bet they don't. And also, that word, that (laughs) phrase, sog up... Leave it to sog up. <laughs> Even if you leave cornflakes for 20 minutes, it looks like you can like, paste the walls with it. Do you, Do you know, know what, what I mean? I reckon Cocoa Pops would work well with that. I no might way. try that. Sacrilege. <laughs> Is this, what about this? My friend Lisa chews up a Ritz biscuit to a mush spits it back out between oh, two other no, Ritz biscuits no, no. and eats it as a Ritz stroke spit sandwich. Revolting, says Laura. And she adds, I hope she's listening because I know I've shamed her. <laughs> uh, Sasha is hanging on to talk to us. Sasha, what do you do with your sausage rolls? Okay, so you get the sausage roll. Yeah. You bite the, you bite the tip off. Mm. And then you fill it up with salad cream. Oh then you enjoy it. Right, how did you come up, uh, across this particular method of destroying a sausage uh, roll? I think it was more out of laziness, so I didn't want to put the salad cream on the plate and dip the sausage roll in it. wash it up. Isn't it difficult to actually get the salad cream in the sausage roll? There's not really much room, surely. No, no, no. Like some sausage rolls, there's a decent enough room in there. OK, so you, you take the top off and would you spoon the salad cream in or you get a squeezy bottle and fire it in there at high velocity? Squeezy bottle, just chuck it right in there. OK, and, and like, in terms of people you live with, how do they feel about this happening in their lounge? <laughs> um, well, I, I live with my partner and I think he's of equal enjoyment out of it. pair of you, heads gone. <laughs> heads completely gone. Suited to each other. <laughs> exactly. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. There's been some very strange and curious uh, alternative ways of eating being put forward by you guys this evening, 8, 12, 15. Lisa in Coventry uh, has told us about fish finger sandwiches that are made by cooking the fish fingers but mashing them, mashing the fish fingers... With vinegar and then putting that fish finger mash between the bread and butter. It sounds like palliative care. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. That is incredible. Stu's driving home, he goes down the same lines. What's it? Open, put in brown sauce in brackets HP. Thanks for being specific. Hold open, end of bag, shut, pummel with fist and kitchen side until brown orange paste. And here's the best bit then eat out of the bag with a spoon. <laughs> Delete your account, mate. <laughs> Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's Hometime with Bush and Richie on Absolute Radio, Wednesday night, 10 to 6. Do you do unusual things to food before you eat it? Because you like things a certain way. Let us know, 8, 12, 15. Uh, Lindsay's putting Weetabix on her butter. Uh, butter on her Weetabix. I mean, the work whatever way around you do it, but it's uh, Is she having milk different. with that as well, or is that just a dry... I think milk with it, but butter on the Weetabix. This is wrong. And Roger said this was an accident. He said, I've added... He said cin- that before. <laughs> added cinnamon instead of paprika to a spag bowl. It's oh. sensational. Every time since the accident, I've done it. Every time since... The- oh, right. I thought he had some kind of other incident going on as well. <laughs> he had a fall. That is quite weird, although people do put sweet stuff in spag bowl, like chocolate yeah. and that. Yeah. He might have a point, Ch- who knows? Sorry, chocolate. 
chocolate? Don't people put chocolate in spaghetti bolognese? Uh, really? Is Producer this a Charlie thing? nodding over there. Phew. Wow, I must try that. Uh, so he might have another accident, see what happens. <laughs> uh, in Northern Ireland, Belinda Scullion's been on to say, guys, I like to dip a sausage into sweetened condensed milk and eat it. I can't really make a comment about that because that's so awful. Coddy says, what about this? Bowl of hula hoops, plate of sliced cheddar, use the hoops like tiny cookie cutters, they fill with cheese and become little pieces of heaven. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Future heads on Absolute Radio who have just been added uh, to the Neighbourhood Weekender 2019 lineup, along with the Twang and uh, White Lies. It's the Future Heads' first festival appearance in six years. It is all happening on the 25th and 26th of May. They join the likes of George Ezra, Primal Scream, Richard Ashcroft, The Vaccines, Tom Grennan, Charlatans, loads more. Get your tickets at absoluteradio.co.uk slash tickets. Here's a question for you. Have you ever come up with what you thought was a brilliant idea in the pub and then the next morning you wonder why you've spent so much time talking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me explain. Uh, About this time last week uh, we had some beers after work and we came up with what I thought was an amazing idea. Next morning I was like, what? Uh, But imagine we put forward the proposition of what we were calling a dad safari park. Okay, just imagine a dad... Go with me on this, a dad safari park. Imagine a little bit like Jurassic Park. Uh, you have a safari, a safari park where you drive around in a jeep and watch dads in their natural habitat. <laughs> you, know, you know the bit where they look out the top and you, you look on your left-hand side, dads are doing stuff, right-hand side, dads are doing stuff. Because, you know, safari parks are fine, but maybe they're a bit old hat now with the lions and tigers and everything like that. What about a safari park dedicated to, entirely to dads and their behaviour and natural habitats? So, it raises the issue, and this is what we're talking about in the pub, uh, what would the different enclosures or areas be? Okay, think dads in natural habitat. So you could have uh, a whittling section. Yes. Where dads are whittling stuff with wood. Imagine driving past that on a Jeep, just seeing dads whittling in a little enclosure or clearance. Uh, There's an underground section. You know sometimes when you go into a safari park or zoo and you have to go into a bit where all the lighting's dimmed and all the glass things are lit up. Uh, A bit like that, but where dads are standing around, you have to be really quiet because they're watching TVs in a mocked-up electrical shop to try and get the latest scores from CFAX and stuff like that as well. You know how uh, in some kind of drive-through safari parks you have the option of driving through a monkey enclosure and end up coming out without a windscreen wiper and an aerial? Yeah, they have to put a little uh, warning notice up when you're on your way in or whatever. You could have a drive through dad section where they are just there but actually end up with your car cleaned yeah that would be so good <laughs> just get your, thought, yeah. your jet wash on the go yes exactly an yeah. entire jet washing section I love that so look it, I know this is a flyer fancy it's a, it's a Wednesday it's middle of the week but this proved quite fun in the pub trying to come up with ideas for a dad safari park that we're going to call on this show Dadland Absolute Radio The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Wednesday's home time on Absolute Radio with Bush and Richie. It's the jam going underground. Uh, we are talking about this hypothetical safari park that we're putting together called Dadland. Uh, imagine if there was a safari park dedicated to watching dads in their natural habitat. Uh, we're after your suggestions tonight for different dad-based enclosures. And please, just imagine yourself standing up on a Jeep that's got an open-top roof and looking in awe as you pass by these amazing things. For example, Andy in London says, what about dads taking out the bin zone? <laughs> 
and then, but they only do it at certain times of the day. So you have to stand around and wait, and then they do it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they'll be the next one will be at four p.m. That'd be great. Uh, Mark says, "What about the IKEA flat pack paddock?" Yes. I go and watch that. Yeah, just watching Dad's getting really annoyed and swearing and stuff like that as well. Uh, Adam in Derby is imagining driving through a very silent section where you drive through because all the dads are in their armchairs, some little sleep, fast asleep. <laughs> or there's, or it could be as well. I don't know if uh, your dad ever does this. My dad always goes, "Can you hear that?" And you say, "What?" He said, "Nothing. It's just a bit of peace." <laughs> Dad bit of peace section. You have to wear earphones, cut out the sound. Gaz in Birmingham says, what about a dad's barbecue enclosure? You drive through and grab a slightly burned hot dog on the way out for an authentic experience. Uh, Adam also suggesting, and I guess this would be completely the other end of the park from the IKEA flat pack paddock, paddock. you suggested. Uh, at the other end of the park is the land of started but never finished DIY projects. Oh, look at that. Imagine just driving past that on a Jeep and just <laughs> saying, look, that's three quarters of a Billy Bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> 8, 12, 15, get involved with Dadland. Recommended mobile provider for eight years running. Every little helps. At number 41 on Twitter says, what about a last-minute gift shop with gifts for every forgotten occasion, including cards for dads? <laughs> Go on the way out. Dan says, a booth full of dads deleting all the Skybox downloaded shows that their missus watch but never bother deleting. <laughs> Uh, Annie says, what about uh, an, an entire section where they have fireworks every night, or rather, one big firework and 20 dads to set them all off? These are good. <laughs> an interactive enclosure is being proposed by Tom in Swindon. Uh, the dads are fast asleep in front of the TV. The visitor to the park, to Dadland, comes through and changes a channel. Oh, yeah. And the interactive dad pipes up. I was watching that. Yes. Get the chance to experience that. And a newspaper area suggested by Rachel with headphones for each dad so they stay oblivious to any surrounding mayhem. This would be amazing. This would be an amazing thing. Andrew Clinton says, guys, what about an entire section for lower back exercise? The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. Hold on the moon from the Waterboys on Hometime Bush and Ritchie. Absolute Radio, Wednesday evening. Uh, so we are up and running, exciting times with our UK chip shop tour of 2019. Thanks to the lovely people at Malden Salt. They're backing us on this and we are going to head out across the United Kingdom. Uh, put it in your diary, the 18th of March, that week, this show is going to be from a different location each night as we try and visit as many brilliant fish and chip shops as voted for by you. And you can vote online now, absoluteradio.co.uk slash win. Plenty of people getting in touch. We never, we never feared that there'd be a shortage of you guys no. letting us know about the places that we need to visit, and we're starting to speak to them right now. We head to Manchester to speak to Sandra. Hello, is this Richie or Bush who am I speaking to? You're speaking to both of us, <laughs> we're Sandra. Both here. Oh, hello, both of you, then. <laughs> uh, Sandra, tell us where you work. Armstrong's Fish and Chip Shop in Manchester. Right, OK, now you have been nominated by a lady called Bethan who says uh, you guys are a very special chip shop. You're the home of the giant cod, is that the case? Home of the jumbo cod, yes. Jumbo cod, get the terminology right there. Oh, now, yes. It's Sandra, not how, how jumbo is your cod, may I ask? Bethan, no, who nominated think... you, says it's the size of the torso. It is. Really? It's, it's that big? Yes. Wow, and how do you go about finding a cod that's the size of a, a normal grown-up's torso? All different sized fishes get sent here, and the big ones are the jumbos. 
because we do all different sizes. Sandra, is it like, you know, sometimes you might go to a steakhouse and they've got this kind of uh, legendary steak that you get it for free if you can eat it and get a T-shirt. <laughs> is, is your uh, jumbo cod that, like that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, it's huge. So wow. how much will I be paying for a jumbo cod? A jumbo cod is £8. Eight pounds for a cod that is the size of my torso. That's a very good deal, madam. Thank you, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, look, we're, we're trying to find the UK's best fish and chip shop. You reckon you guys have got it going on down there in Manchester, is that right? Oh, definitely, yes. Do you have a good range of condiments there, such as mayonnaises and tartar sauces that people well, can kind of choose from? Tartar sauce is made in the shop. We make our own. Homemade wow. tartar sauce. Gets better and better. Wow. So you think in many ways, then, Sandra, Armstrong's in Manchester is the UK's best chip shop? Definitely. She sounds pretty certain. Listen, have you got a chippy near you that you think needs to be, I don't know, heralded from the rooftops? Well, get online now and tell us all about it. You can win a, a cracking little prize just by casting your vote as well. Absoluteradio.co.uk slash win. It is Bush and Ritchie's home time chip shop tour of 2019. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. So we said at the start of this podcast that we're both quite tired at the moment. I mean, can we can we go home and relax? Sometimes you, you can get overtired, a bit like a toddler. Do you know what I mean? Go home this evening, think, oh, I'm going to have an early one, and then you just end up staying up, mucking around. I agree. I, I think because we're both past the tiredness thing, I think we are now both overtired, which means we will go home and struggle to sleep. What is going to happen? How can we get ourselves off? We need to listen to some white noise or something. Actually, I don't want to make a link between getting yourself off to sleep and what you're doing this evening, but you are off to watch Arsenal. Just for the fact that we can record it on tape, what do you reckon the score's going to be, Richie? 3-0. 3-0 to Arsenal? 3-0. He's a confident man. Let's find out what happens. It's the podcast. 